Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Oh, as women, we have limits associated to the fact that our hormones are constantly in a state of fluctuation. I'm so glad that you're here to join us talking about hormonal imbalances or just the fact that female hormones, in my mind, are always in a state of fluctuation. My name is Dr. Carol Francis. I'm so glad you joined us today for Make Life Happen. And I'm a clinical psychologist. I have for 37 years been helping women deal with the impact of their hormones emotionally and on their relationships and on their self-esteem and definitely on their body image and the changes in their body. And while I am not a medical doctor, and we are going to be able to talk to medical doctor, Dr. Maisha Clareborn, because it is so important to understand the physiology of your body. Consider, women, that you are the chemist of the laboratory called your body. And you need to understand what the chemical reactions are inside your body so you can be in charge of optimizing what is produced inside your laboratory. And so if you are befuddled by what your body is doing and frustrated by the fluctuations and hormonal changes and hormonal imbalances create in your body, then it's time to take charge and be the chemist, be the lead chemist in the laboratory of your body. Now, those of you that have followed this show know that this is really something I adamantly express to you, whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, empty nesting, sleeping, or weight gain. And now the whole idea that the impact on weight associated to hormones is 100% clear in our Western society. It's important for you to be 100% clear as well uh, related to how you're going to deal with the added pounds in your body or shed the pounds in your body as well. I am waiting for Marisha Clareborn to call in, and I'm hoping that she will do so at 6264143510 because we want to pelt her with so many questions associated to this and she is the author of a book Eat Your Disease Away and also The Wellness Blueprint and she would be able to tell us so many things about our hormones hormonal imbalance and how we can shed those pounds while we are waiting for her to call in and it is Labor Day Perhaps she has gotten into the groove of vacationing on a day off. Perhaps you have as well. Uh, so we may hear from her at a later time. Grab your pencils and your papers because it's really time for you to take hold of what's going on. You have to remember that when you started your menstrual cycle in your early teens, chances are you began to realize that your body curvation was going to change. And so much is in the world of having a young model body, which is really almost a prepubescent body without hips. Yes, the breasts that are all manufactured as opposed to hormonally developed. We are not really very friendly toward the curvaceousness that the body wants to have for women. 
when you begin to have estrogen moving into your system in such a way as to begin menstruation and when you have progesterone and testosterone dancing around as well, the curves in your body are going to be a natural byproduct. Notice, natural. And in an era when we are really into natural, or at least we think we are, we need to realize that our body has natural responses. Now, when we are pre-perimenopausal or premenstrual or a menopausal, we have the type of hormonal fluctuations where we're going, our body is going to react to store fat. It's not fat or water or salt. And so all of those things are going to make us chunky or bloated or heavier. Well, when you're in the menstrual era of your life, you know those five pounds that occur right before you're going to start your period. 14 days after you've ovulated are always those PMS times when people talk about the weight gain. Now when you're dealing with menopause, the weight gain that goes on has everything to do with properly trying to create balance in your body associated to estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But we don't often think about, wow, I'm getting chunkier. Isn't that great? My body is trying to maintain the balance of estrogen. <laughs> hmm. We need to be thinking that, and we need to rebel against a society that makes what's natural wrong or what's healthy bad. And that is something that as women we have got to stay true to. We have got to be soldiers, not only for ourselves to be allowed to be natural and healthy, but also for our daughters. And guess where it starts? With the women. With the women in, in, instructing the men as opposed to the women sitting there feeling like they're letting their men down and they're disappointed and they're unattractive and so forth and so on. Now, in the scheme of things, let's be for sure that procreation is all about being able to attract the mate. And in procreation, attracting the mate, the body type is going to be different than when a woman is no longer going to be procreating. And as a consequence, the body also is not going to follow all of those strange psychological components that are inside of a man that are all about them being attracted to the next woman they can impregnate. I'm talking about the primitive brainstem, the function about survival of the species. I am not talking about the advanced ways of looking at human nature. So you want to be a little bit aware that nature also points in the direction that once a woman stops being able to procreate, she also is not going to have the same kind of chemical or physical attraction that is inscribed inside of men who are also driven by those primitive brainstem components. It's a time in life when women are known to be the shamans of their tribe because they're no longer busy procreating and they're now busy totally and completely in the education and the subsistence of the spiritual, intellectual, academic, survival aspects of their tribe. It is not unusual that in many uh, cultures it is the grandmother that has charge of the children or other aspects of raising a family as opposed to the mother. But in our Western society, that's variable. But you want to pay attention to, if you're going to go the natural route, you want to pay attention to aspects of natural and nature so that you realize what you're fighting against if you're trying to be the modern woman that takes the bioidentical hormones, et cetera, and the modern woman that tries to prevent having menopausal symptoms or menopausal consequences to live with, 
that you are moving against nature, but you're also trying to create the longevity of all those procreative times in your life where you were always trim, skinny, not gaining weight, burning fat quickly, not needing to store extra hormones in your body in order to maintain another type of physical balance. Well, it looks like Dr. Claiborne is not with us yet as we move into the next phase of what's going on. So I'm going to continue for just a bit to give you enlightenment about the psychological aspects of this. First and foremost, your energy level is going to be changed. Your weight is going to increase. Your look is going to be different, just as it was when you're entering into your adolescent period of the hormonal female body. And you just need to know that you will change. And therefore, in the process of knowing you will change, you can give yourself the freedom of accepting the changes not to indulge, not to be unhealthy, not to succumb into the aging process, but so that you don't give yourself the emotional psychological cruelty of hating your new body, thinking yourself as horrible, lowering your self-esteem, and not feeling like you can still be fun, playful, and active because somehow you don't, quote, look the part. So you need to psychologically gird yourself up to knowing your body is going to go through a series of changes. You as a woman, you have been going through changes every day of your life since you started being menopausal or having your period. So since age 12, 13, 14, 15, your body has changed every day in terms of hormones. So women in some respects become a little bit accustomed to having variable emotions, variable bodies, variable clothing that they can put on, and a variable sense of self-esteem and self-image. And so to the degree that we deal with that on a chronic basis, which leads to all sorts of sick sort of things, like depression over body image, anorexia, bulimia, things of that sort, you have to take hold of your life and say, I'm not going to be dictated by what the model industry have converted these women into by way of surgery, starvation, swallowing cotton balls, throwing up, and all sorts of crazy and bizarre things, including Photoshop. So let's not be cruel to ourselves as we enter into a phase where our body naturally and healthily needs to try to maintain an access to estrogen by way of having the chunkiness of fat associated to your body. I would much prefer a medical doctor speak in this regard uh, so that you could understand the aspects of that. Now, that aside, also consider that as you get older, you also have other hormones that men and women have to deal with. And one of my questions to Myesha Claiborne would be, what is the interaction of the female hormone associated to the pancreas' information and production of insulin? So insulin is going to be aggravated every time you eat a snack that's outside of a meal that contains protein. It's going to be produced appropriately every time you're eating a full and complete meal, and it is not going to be aggravated if you're eating your vegetables. So you note that the freedom in life are vegetables, herbs, and things of that sort. The freedom that's associated to those aspects of eating will allow you to be able to have those snacks without worrying about if you're going to create a spike in your insulin, which becomes associated with the female hormones and fat, 
and the storage of fat and gaining weight unnecessarily in an unhealthy fashion. So that you're going to be more prone as you get older to having insulin reactions. Secondly, you also need to take note that you're probably not as active as you were in your teen years. And that alone is a huge impact on not only the way your hormones become imbalanced, but also the fat production because of lack of activity and also the way your insulin interfaces with your body. There are other hormones, that too, that feel into that, the ones that are produced during sleep, such as melatonin, other series of uh, hormones which are welcome to look up on that are fascinating that are produced during sleep that help you with the agelessness or the recuperative aspects of your body. And those hormones also interface with your female hormones as well, and they have an impact on your weight. So now you have these things called insulin. You have a thing called inactivity or less activity. You have a situation where you're likely not sleeping as much because perimenopausal, premenopausal women and menopausal women tend to sleep less. They tend to have a higher amount of anxiety sorts of hormones released, which make them feel more anxious. And they tend to also have an influx of testosterone relative to the ratio or balance of estrogen and progesterone. And so as a consequence, they are more active in some respects, but therefore they're not sleeping as soundly. And sleep is essential for recuperative hormones and the hormones that make it so you don't gain weight. So as you're aging and getting older and the hormones are changing on the female side, you also need to be aware that you can master these other aspects of weight gain associated to getting older as well. So here's a formula that you need to pay attention to. One, do not eat insulin-aggravating foods in between meals. And if you're going to eat insulin-aggravating foods such as sugars, of any form, starches of any form, you, you need to couple those with a full and complete meal with eaten within a, generally an hour. And do not eat those, those simple carbohydrate ag- insulin aggravators between meals because you'll keep yourself in a constant pouring of insulin into your system and that's going to break that all down to store it as fat. as as opposed to keeping insulin spiking at certain moments during the day and calming down the rest of the time. So that is a key element to how you're going to manage your eating. The other aspect is you do want to eat regular meals. Now, the idea of eating six little meals is actually, I don't think during this time, as warranted. Number one, because it's really for someone who's going to be active a lot and needs to sustain their ability to burn calories a lot. But it also keeps the insulin too active in the body. And again, insulin interfacing with female hormones, interfacing with lack of sleep or lack of activity is just going to work against you. So eating those three round solid meals, healthy, doing only vegetables, during your snack times that are not loaded with your dressings and your fats are going to be your best way of keeping these hormones regulated. Let me move into the next section of this. If you're eating on a regular time basis and going to sleep at a regular time basis, your body develops a regularness. And this is not encouraged by our society. And one thing that happens during premenopausal and menopausal is that a woman feels dysregulated. 
So to consciously put structure back in your life where you go to bed at the same time most days and you eat your three meals at the same time most days and you don't aggravate with caffeine or other insulin aggravating components in between the meals most days, your body is going to sustain itself in a much more regulated fashion than if you, being in control of those aspects of life, were dysregulating from that end of things. Now, remember that the weight gain that you're putting on also is a way of trying to deal with what's going on with estrogen. So there are people that really do prefer to do the bioidentical uh, hormones. And again, I am not going to address those because we need a medical doctor to really speak to the benefits and the disadvantages of entering that into your life. Some stories that I do hear from that women that do the bioidentical is that they suddenly feel a return to being in their 30s, look better, everything about their body, their hair, their skin, their energy, their vision has gone back and improved. It was like being given the fountain of life. Other women, when they finally reach into their 70s or 80s, talk about how they just eventually feel like they need to succumb to having to go through the menopausal symptoms that are associated to weight gain, fatigue, the sleeping disturbances, the water retention, and the sweats the hot flashes, et cetera, et cetera. So that they eventually have to do this stage in their life is something that they begrudgingly face and they enter into eventually. So that eventuality, you can put it off. There are some certain disadvantages to your body's well-being to maintaining some hormones that may or may not be associated these days to the evidence of cancer later on in life these things have changed so much in the last decade of female health hormonal regulations that, again, we really need to talk to individuals like Dr. Claire Board to understand what have been the advances associated to these sorts of things. Beware, consumer beware, and be very aware that the social impact in your life of having to fit in with a certain definition of beauty, a certain definition of skinniness, a certain definition of sexiness, a certain definition of being worthwhile and meaningful in your life has its disadvantages of crowding you out from being able to be who you are given your body. Now, optimizing who you are and optimizing your body, again, is very much in your control. And don't forget to take charge of those sorts of things. But on the other hand, remember your body is going through the phases of life. We all are going to die. And therefore, the phases of life that head toward death are inevitable. Simultaneously, remember that at teenagers, it was inevitable that you would have to deal with a menstrual cycle in one way or another, whether you did it naturally, forebodingly, or full of medications, you still were going to have to face the impact of being a menstruating female and all the aspects associated to that. Now, our, our society, being a menstruating woman, used to be much more accepted than in the last decade when now there are so many medications where women can completely and 100% avoid having any menstrual cycle, any sort of it whatsoever until they're ready to make children. Well, the aspects of that are also to be discussed with individuals like Dr. Claiborne, but what is an aspect of that that we psychologically need to take into hold is that we have a world in which we can change 
the nature of life, but we forget that even though we're actively trying to change with all these different medications, we can never avoid the cycles of life being an underground or an overground overt impact on our everyday existence because we all are going to go through the process of life that leads to death. So now when you face that your body is no longer producing estrogen and now needs to store it or find it in some other way or just live without it as it goes into an increase of testosterone ratio to progesterone and to estrogen, you now are going to have to say, okay, I have body change, personality change, and now who am I going to be? Activate as much as you possibly can that you are a person of choice. And so do your regulating of your eating, do your regulating of your sleep, and next, and not least, do your regulating of your exercises. Exercises have more impact on your hormones and your hormonal imbalances that are associated to depression and anxiety and weight gain and insomnia than almost any other form or interventions you can put into your life. These wonderful, wonderful ways of controlling life through all sorts of form of exercise. It doesn't matter if you're walking, isometrics, weight, swimming, running. All of these have such impact in such a positive way on every aspect of your aging process. So that going through life and going through all these phases, one of the most natural ways you can Elevate the way in which you approach your well-being is exercise. And exercise through dance, exercise through gardening, exercise through cleaning your house, exercise, be in movement. And if you're in front of a computer like I am, or you're sitting down for your job like I do, or you're doing your reading and your research and your writing like I do, make sure to stand and move every 40 minutes for at least 10 minutes or every 60 minutes for 20 minutes. Make sure you are in movement because your body was built to be muscular and to have everything regulated through the way the muscles of your heart, your legs, even your tongue is about you being able to be in movement. Well, when we all know that we talk a lot, so our tongue is getting plenty of exercise. But it's the rest of us that we want to be very charged with good health. So in terms of being able to regulate your hormones and to deal with weight gain, introduce, if you haven't already, different forms of movement every day that feel creative, expressive, fun, and sweaty. And don't forget to include those wonderful weight-bearing exercises as well as those help aspects of your bones as well as your muscles and definitely your hormones. Well, I'm a little disappointed that Dr. Claiborne couldn't join us today, but we will see what's happened to her on this wonderful Labor Day holiday. And I will return you to your sunny day, no matter which day of the week it is for you if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this through archive. Remember, take wonderful, wonderful care of yourself. Do not fall into the pitfalls of thinking the way society wants you to think or the way we're all blinded into feeling like we need to be a part of the herd. Be you and be really excited about being the optimal you. This is Dr. Carol Francis, and you can reach me for comments or for help at 310-543-1824. 
That's my office number in the Los Angeles area. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook through Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio or through drcarolfrancis.com. And also, of course, you can reach me through email at Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Please go out there, grab the world, make it yours. Don't get down underneath the pillow and the blankets too much or too little. Rise up. Be you. We all need you here, even with all your magnificent changes. Remember, in the post-menopausal era of life, this is when women were the shamans. They were the leaders. They were the insightful and the wise. They were the counselors of the tribes. We need all of us to take charge and hold on to the wisdoms we've gained through years and years and years of living so we can rise above the stereotypes of a society that wants to squeeze us out of being human so that we can all come back to being very naturally, optimally ourselves. This is Dr. Carol Francis, and I look forward to speaking with you yet again. Be well.